Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is LaDon Sanders here, and you are listening to the Wrestling Bites Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for the Wrestling Bites Podcast? Your host, on the site, and Chris Young. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Wrestling Bites Podcast. I am Pun the Psych, and with me as always, best damn referee in the business, the co-host with the mo-host, Chris Young. How are you doing tonight, man? I am doing great. And yourself? You know, I can't complain. I'm feeling a lot better than I was on Sunday. Um, back is stretched out a lot more, and I'm, you know, back to my old chipper self. That's good. Good, good. Working on working on some bookings and some ins and outs in wrestling right now and playing the politic games, but, you know, nothing new with me. Um, trying to figure out uh, how to get booked in Michigan companies without having to give a reach around. But um, I think I Whoa. figured out. That, no, that's true. Um, it ain't who you know. Uh, but long story short, uh, yeah, you know, I'm doing all right, man. Um Overload of wrestling this week uh, between local shows and national shows. I swear to God, I watched 27 and a half hours of wrestling in the last five days. I hear you. And that doesn't even include the pay-per-view or premium live event. You know, if you're a fans of this show and you would like to help us review some of these nationals, get a hold of us. I would take some auditions. And I'm not saying that I don't like doing the national reviews, Chris. I'm just saying that it's a lot between nationals and locals and everything we do sometimes to keep up, man, it'd be nice to have a secondary show once in a while, kick on and do some national reviews for us. Absolutely. And it's just your review and your opinion of what's going on. And you wouldn't be going solo. We'd, we'd arrange to be, one of us would be there helping you out. And not only that, but like, I mean, national scene wise, we only cover a very, like the, we only cover the big ones. There's, Dude, there's NJPW and AAA and Ring of Honor and dude, I could keep going MLW. There's a ton of mid mid range promotions out there that we never talk about because, quite frankly, I ain't got any more time in my schedule to watch any more wrestling. And I know you're probably pretty close to your max, if not overfilled as it is. Pretty much, you know. I, we love wrestling. I don't don't get me wrong. I love watching wrestling. It's one of my favorite things to do. But man. This week was just an overload. Um, and, and with paper, and, and really what it is, is adding backlash and impact had a pay-per-view this weekend. We wrestled over the weekend. You refed. Um, and then you add that up. And, you know, by the time the next podcast rolls around, you're chopping at the bit, watching four hours of wrestling with five hours before the, the podcast recording, trying to get the rest of this in here. So, 
here we are. But uh, I enjoy it. It's a labor of love. If you, if, you know, if, if you ever gotten decided your thought, you know, I want to get in the podcast business and talk about wrestling, do realize the amount of homework that is involved. That's all I'm saying. A lot yeah, of, a lot crazy. of homework. Um, and, you know, I'd like to think that, that between the two of us having over 40 years combined experience in the wrestling business, that we do provide a set of insight that's a little bit different than what most people do. I'm not Jim Cornette. You're not Brian Last. So I'm not Jeff Jarrett. You're not Conrad. Hey, hey, you're right. You know, we are Pun and Chris, and we do our own flavor and spin on things. And I know I've had people ask me this week, and that's why I'm bringing this up. You know, Pun, so many bigger named wrestlers and bigger named stars do the same thing you do. Yeah. And that's nice. And that's cool. And I, and I love them and I commend them for what they do. But again, as if, if, if the doors and Robbie Krieger didn't teach me anything, it is that variety is the spice of life. We have our followers and our fans, and that's why we cover Michigan independent wrestling. Are we the only podcast in Michigan that covers wrestling in Michigan? Nope. No, we're not. I have mad love and respect for the Wrestling Rage podcast and for all of the other podcasts in Michigan. I need to touch base with a couple of them. I had a gentleman talk to me uh, Saturday, and I just, I, for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of his podcast. I think it was Michigan Independent Weekly or something like that. But uh, if you're listening to our podcast, send me a message, man, because I do not fully remember, you know, I should have wrote it down, but uh, I wrestled three matches on Saturday. It was hard to keep track of everything, but I have a lot of respect for all the, all the podcasts out there. I'm not that guy that's going to be up here going, we're going to be the best and we're going to slit everybody's throats to get there. If we, if we become the best Michigan independent wrestling uh, podcast out there, I want it to be because we earned it. I, I'm not in the political cutthroat game, whether it's booking a show, getting booked for a show or doing a wrestling podcast. I'm just I'm just pointing this out and putting it out there now. That'll stay the same for me throughout the, the test of time here. A competition's great for all of us, but I'm not I'm not trying to cut anybody's throats. I don't you're blindsided on this one, Chris. I know you have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, there just was there just was some messaging that, that went across, and I forgot to bring this up because it wasn't nothing major, but now that we're on the podcast live, I'm gonna bring it up. Um, one of the one of the podcasts, uh, and it's not any of the ones I've named. Uh, a, a group of people that were starting a podcast wanted to try and create a little animosity with me about a few subjects. And, and what it really comes down to is, is uh, stay in your lane, junior. Um, at the, what it, what it comes down to is, is my credentials are what they are. And, and I can provide proof of those. Um, just listen to previous episodes with my second trainer in wrestling, Joe Ortega. Basically what it comes down to Chris is I had a podcast question my validity in wrestling because I haven't been around for 15 years. And so then I have to go and get promoters from WrestlePro and promoters from Hollywood, NWA of Hollywood, and, and actually get them to be like, no, this guy wrestled for us for 10 years. So um, question my validity all day long, but the second that you put my name out on a podcast, expect me to flambaste your ass. I'm, I'm waiting. So if you want to throw out that challenge to me, speak up. Let it be known. And, and uh, like I said, I will ambush you. Um, wow. Okay. I guess we'll have to talk off air about that. 
It's crazy. Hmm. But you're here now, and we've got some local reviews to go over. Yep. And if time permits, we might talk about Raw. Yeah, I just I, like I said again, Chris. I apologize to blindside you into something, but it, it really doesn't involve you. It involves myself, but uh, I digress. I, I can play very nicely, but if you really want to get old school pun out, hey, if, if you've never listened to Reality Bites podcast, I would suggest you go back through the archives because, dude, I'm not a nice guy when you're unprovoked. Um, but yeah, let's get to some some local reviews. I I I, I just I, I can't stand when people try to play drama games, dude. I'll just burn it. I'll, I'll burn them, turn them, and, and show proof. Because it's what I do best. Um, long story short, uh, on to some national or some local reviews. We're not doing, are we doing national reviews? Yeah, we might get to Raw. Um, let's just get to local reviews here. Uh, sorry, I got sidetracked. I do apologize to my fans, but it had to be said. Um, we're going to start out with local reviews, and I believe UCW. This would be uh, Star Slam Episode 3, Season 2, Episode 3. Yep. Can the Covenant come out and play? This episode was jam-packed and had all sorts of stuff going on. I was, I I mean, I'm not going to lie. I had to go back and watch this episode a couple of times just to catch some of the subtleties. And uh, one of the things I definitely had to rewatch a couple of times, uh, and and it really wasn't because of film production. It was because of the darkness as the show starts off with Sean Tyler. And he's in this, this weird room that you see the covenant in um, from time to time. There was that scene with um, there was that scene with the vanilla ice guy. What is his name? I, I call That'd him be vanilla chin ice strap guy. Jesus. Chin straps. Hey Zeus. <laughs> Uh, there was a promo with Nikki Ratu sitting in the corner uh, a couple of weeks ago when we reviewed the show. They're back in that room. And Sean Tyler uh, talks about their failure in the last show because the Covenant lost the tag team match that they were in last week and that they were supposed to be special. And obviously they're not because they lost the match. He tells Nikki Ratu to put the gimp away, his pet, the, the big monster, gimp, uh, he's a monster of a man, and Nikki goes to put him away. Meanwhile, he says, Nikki, you need to put your pet away because we have business to tend to and chaos to spread. So at that point, he tells the, cov- the covenant that this battle that the three of them are going to go through will be redemption. At this point, he puts the covenant down on their knees, grabs a leather strap belt, and whips the back of the Covenant members two or three times. And these are not light shots, man. Did you see their faces wince up when they got whipped with that belt? Well, no, because they had masks on. You could see their eyes through the holes, dude. The, the guy on the left, you could see him wince, dude. I, I, I went back and watched yeah, they, it. They definitely react to being whipped, that's for sure. Yeah. And, I mean, he did not hold back at all. At all. And, uh, you know, um, he he lets out this sinister laugh. And this is a dark, sinister promo. This is far more dark and sinister than anything I've seen 
in, I would say, about 15, 20 years in wrestling. I don't know about you. The last yeah, time pretty, I was uh, pretty dark. The last time I watched a promo and felt a little eerie after it was done was Mankind in the Boiler Room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't had anybody put me in that moment. And these guys, this story, some people will say it's over the top. And I, and I understand that. But you show me one other gimmick in, in any wrestling company right now that is in, intriguing as the Covenant and Sean Tyler. Back when the, the Wyatt family was coming through, they had potential like this. Obviously, mainstream faltered it. I really want to see where this goes. This has a lot of potential. Well, I don't know what you think. You might think it's a dumb idea. I think it's brilliant. Whoever came no, up it was, with this. It was definitely eye-catching. Um, I, I just need some clarification here. I, I, I had a difficult time following it because I'm still a little bit new to UCW. That's where I, I said we need almost a recap before the show starts so we know where we're at. But yeah. um, who did you say was in charge and doing the whipping? Sean Tyler. Sean Tyler. Okay. It, you almost think it's Dread King Logan by just looking because it's dark. But no, I, upon further review, it's Sean Tyler. Um, I was so intrigued by the covenant that when you said that, as we were talking, I went back and watched a bunch of UCW to catch up on some of this covenant stuff. And the way they've brought this out has been slow, methodic, but eerie as shit. Just eerie, dude. Like it's it's been put together very well. And I even recommend to you, if you get bored, go back and watch some of the previous uh, Star Slam shows, and kind of watch this angle build as it goes. Yeah, no, I've I've I have seen probably the last eight episodes, yep. so I have seen it starting to build. Yep, and and it just made me want to deep dive further and figure out where it started. So I went back to where I could see the culmination of the Covenant. Um, through UCW where they showed it. And they were, they've always kind of, I think been around a little bit, but they formed this covenant with Nikki Ratu and Sean Tyler over time. And um, Nikki Ratu is a smaller guy, but man, he plays a great character. This is, you know, it's, it's the best thing you can do with these group of guys. Cause I guarantee you the covenant's probably younger workers, but man, are they getting some experience and learning how to run a character off the bat? That's just great work. And I commend yeah. that. Next, we had uh, the, the, the camera switch to Mark Roberts, Dante Allen, the ringleader of the Freak Circus, and Roy Working Man Williams. Yep. Shows a clip from Gold Rush showing the Covenant beating the opponents up, taking away Chinstrap Jesus, Chinstrap Jesus. Kyle Barrett. Yeah, taking away Kyle Barrett. And Roy Williams was left all alone, but it was just in a distraction long enough to allow a roll-up victory by, was that Sean Tyler? Yeah, Sean Tyler got the victory and is the yes, new premier was, champion. Yeah, he's the new premier champion, um, screwing Roy Williams out of a shot. Roy says he is sick and tired of the covenant, and he's calling out Sean Tyler's boys. And out pops Mr. Nate Barrett, and strap Jesus himself comes out and says, you know what? I'm sick of him too. So tonight yeah. we're calling him out. And then in walks Nick Green or Nate Green, Nick, 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 Nick Green. 
yeah, sorry, my, my bad. My notes said Nate for some reason. Nick Green walks out and says, you know what? I've had enough of them too. So one, two, three. Here's three of us. Here's the main event tonight. Cat Daddy made it official, and we have a main event for the show. <laughs> it's not Cat Daddy. That's a different show. I know. I want to see if you catch it. I know. I know. Cat Daddy. Well, that, well, and then that would be my point to jump in and be like, well, first we need it, uh, you know, cleared to be. First, we would need to be on CCW and not UCW. <laughs> but, you know, I it just Cat Daddy so 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 boisterous that he just kind of bleeds through all the shows. <laughs> I, I, I want to get cat. I want to get that, cat daddy that, on the show. But they do a great job setting the story for the main event. So yes, they good. do. Yes, they do. And then the, the, the camera, the camera changes and shows Kodiak backstage outside of Dr. Abby's office. And he's wondering why Dr. Abby is putting herself on the line for this match that he has coming up against monster clones. She says that she believes that he can defeat the monster clones as long as he takes two weeks off having no treatments this confuses kodiak but he agrees that it's the best plan as dr abby rushes him off because she has something important to tend to yeah it's very clear that she's waiting for ray larson just like last week with the twisted baby doll popping off and the ray larson final final solution yes um so it's obvious that she's waiting for Dr. Dr. Abby is waiting for Ray Larson, which is a setup. This, this whole interview sets up for something that we're going to talk about a little bit later. It was interesting, though, that she told him no treatments. And I don't know if you've seen Kodiak, but he's this big brute guy. And, and we'll talk about him in, later on in this in, in show, how his demeanor is in the ring. It's completely different than what you would expect. Um, right. But. This is this sets up for future uh, future stuff on the show as well. So overall, so far, UCW has set up the show very well with two simple promos. Mm-hmm. So then we finally get match one, which is the UCW Ultimate Champion, Bryce Sullivan taking on your favorite high guy. Yeah, yeah, not my you, favorite, your favorite. I do like high guy. Um, but I'm a high guy. Uh, so, you know, uh, Bryce Sullivan showed some absolute dominance at the beginning of this match with completely burying high guy at the beginning. Um, Sullivan worked the leg and he stayed with it through this match, which told a story. And I was pretty happy with that, to be honest with you. Um, this match was created due to high guy getting in the way at the interview in the previous show. So now he has to pay his penance. Yep. Um, who could forget high guy high, high guy. guy had some spots he kept making comebacks but kept getting stopped by the brute force of sullivan in this match um sullivan definitely came through as a, as a brute powerhouse in this match um i did notice the promoters were spending a lot of time promoting um you know he's ready for, sullivan's ready to to wrestle jack price and lj lawrence in a triple threat match yeah uh, at the big show coming up in a couple of days. Um, so um, I, I did note though, at the end of this match, the uh, co the co uh, now the co commentator, his mic cut out. <laughs> you could hear him through the whole arena, but you couldn't hear him through his mic for about a minute and a half. And it just made me laugh because technical difficulties in indie shows are like peas and carrots, dude. It's going to happen from time to time. And it just yeah. made me laugh. Yep. 
when you don't have the universal tool, Paco Zimmerman helping you out, they're going to happen. I missed the universal tool. I sent him a friend request. <laughs> he hasn't responded yet. So, you know, this match with, with High Guy and Bryce Sullivan, it was pretty good. It lasted just over four minutes. What I didn't understand was um, Bry worked like a heel, and I thought he was supposed to be a face. But I guess, well, you know, I don't know. I think everybody likes High Guy. So I think that they kind of had to make them work tweener heel here in order to make it to where high guy could keep some momentum out of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he finished high guy with a power bomb into a standing leg lock, which was the same move that Rhea Ripley used repeatedly this week on uh, when, when she did the turn at the pay-per-view. Oh, spoiler alert. Um, but she does this like inverted leg lock and like pulls them up like a walls of Jericho, but it's got like a four leaf clover uh, wrapped around in it by the arm. It's an yeah, interesting it's move. Like a, it's like a modified Texas clover leaf. Yeah, it, it, it's a standing Texas clover leaf. Is really what it is. It's like the walls of clover leaf. It's like <laughs> it's literally like taking that Dean Malenko Chris Jericho feud and fusing it into one finisher. Um, yeah. But it was a good, it's a good move. And I like how he not only started it there, but then dropped it down and put the leg lock in after that and put his legs around him to the ground to get the finish. I thought that was a nice way to add to the finisher instead of just standing there and reefing the poor guy around. Um, you know, uh, I think that it definitely showed dominance and it helps their ultimate champ going into their big show coming up. And um, I don't think they completely buried high guy in this match, which was a bonus and kudos to high guy. Cause a lot of times when your champs going in a go home show, the person they're going to go up against is probably going to get buried. So um, I give them kudos for not completely burying high guy in this, in this spot as well. Yeah, no, he got his stuff in. He looked good. It was good, man. And then after that, the camera cuts to high guy backstage getting talked to by father Marquise. Father Marquise smells the devil's lettuce. Asked him if he has faith. And he's like, I ain't got time for this. He's the high guy's kind of confused. And Father Marquise warns High Guy because of the devil's lettuce. And High Guy's standing there confused. And he's like, Man, what a buzzkill. It was a pretty good, it was a pretty good promo. Uh Father Marquise cracked me up with the devil's lettuce comments. Yeah, Father Marquise is is he's a good character. Everywhere we see him, he's good. Yeah, he's he's definitely pushing himself to the moon and back, and it's it, what he needs to do. Uh, it was a good promo, though. Then uh, the cameras cut to Lay Lar- Ray Larson backstage, standing next to Kodiak outside of Dr. Abby's office. And Dr. Abby did tell Kodiak to not let anybody uh, knock on her door or bother her because she was waiting for an important client. The important client, though, uh, I must point out at this point, was Ray Larson. She was waiting yeah. for Ray Larson. Kodiak tells her that right that Dr. Abby's not there, even though she's sitting right behind the door. And she says, Well, you know, you're my favorite, and you have a big match against Monster Klotz. Give me a hug. And he gives her a hug, and it's a big bear hug, and it kind of hurts her. And uh yeah, that, yeah, that, that was it. That, that was it. And um, you know, uh next uh we had Father Marquise taking on Kodiak. And Kodiak comes out to a queen song and he wants to hug everybody. And he's just such a nice little lovable teddy bear. And this match starts off and they start immediately telling the speed versus brute story. 
And before this match even gets anywhere, Dr. Abby comes out, calling Kodiak out of the ring. She talked to him about this whole Ray Larson situation, and she is upset because Kodiak didn't let Ray Larson come into her office. It was obviously a trap set for Ray Larson, and she is furious that this did not happen. And she's out there just giving him the riot act. Well, meanwhile, the ref's inside the ring, counting away, and Kodiak gets counted out of the match. Dr. Abby costs Kodiak the match because she's so furious about what happened over Ray Larson outside of her office. And now yeah. she's basically almost telling him at this point, you might want to team with Ray because I'm not going to help you anymore. Yeah. What yeah. a wicked web he has put himself in here. Mr. Kodiak has unintentionally too. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's the nicest guy in the world, but he's in one, he's in one bad situation right now. And with Dr. Abby, I, I don't know if I'd want to be him. I'm just being honest with you. Dr. Abby she, is insane after watching last week. Yeah, she's uh, she's an in-depth character that I think we're slowly peeling back the onion to find more and more layers of just craziness. And then we're going to get to my favorite spot of this show. Okay, my- hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Absolute. Oh, we're just going to gloss over the start of the Kodiak Father Marquise match. And go ahead. Go ahead. Of go course, ahead. what what I'm going to pick on. Do you remember what happened? What Father Marquise did for the referee? Or the referee did for Father Marquise? Yeah, he tipped him. He tipped him. He put money <laughs> he in the collection jar. So uh, <laughs> if you have a ref for these guys, Chris, are you going to bring a pocket full of ones? Absolutely not. Be I'm like, going to be impartial. I think that's why, be like, why do you got $1 bills in your pocket, Chris? I think that's why the ref kept counting. Because he wanted Father Marquise to win. So he didn't have to make any more donations. Well, if you do put ones in your pocket and you do get caught by your wife, just say, with them apple bottom jeans, boots. And I, I don't know what you would say. Just say that you're going to donate to Father. I, I don't know. I thought it was, it was a funny touch to the match. Yeah, it was. I figured, right, I, I figured you were going to bury the ref at this point for taking for, for bribing, making him impartial. Yeah. I'm just nitpicking now. But all right, we can get to what your favorite part is this cannonball world <laughs> it wasn't the material this time it was where they were at on this loser weight tour of america he toured save a lot in the mexican grocery store it's a world tour world get it right all over the world he was at Save a Lot. Yeah, he I swear was. to God, I was shopping there that day too because I swooped some weird people. Oh my God, that's funny. The then he went to like this. Is, I want to know who the producer was asking for releases for all these people. Oh my God, it's so funny though. Yeah, it's like, funny. It's, it's like funny. The fact that he's taking the loser title on a world tour, like he's some great world champion, just it's just so funny. Bits like this is what WWE should have did with the 24-7 belt because it would have been gold. And they did for a while with R-Truth. R-Truth had some great 24-7 title bits, and then it, it just got too cliche. Like he did the whole Old Town Road video with the title. That stuff was funny back then, but they just they took it too far. So all I can give these guys is advice is run this cannonball thing until it starts getting old because right now it's not old. It's just hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. 
I, I enjoyed it. Then we had the uh, main event of the night, which was Kyle Barrett, Roy Williams, Nick Green, taking on the Covenant with Sean Tyler. You know, this was a good match for a six-man. I do not like six-mans as main events. I'm not a fan of them. Um, this match, however, uh, was pretty good. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, I didn't think it was bad. I, I am like you where the three-on-threes, I think, are crap. Lots of times they just turn into spot fests, no psychology. But this was quick. It served its purpose. and It was, it was quick, and it featured a lot of tag team maneuvers that I was not expecting from, from these guys. Um, it was very fast-paced, and it didn't slow down. Most six-man tags have a hot spot to start. They slow way down, and then they go to a quick finish. Later on, later on, we're going to review a match that does that exact same process on a on a different show. Yep, it starts out fast, goes way slow, and then a quick finish. I also think that the guys in this match made this match. Kyle Barrett is a great talent. Kyle Barrett is a. Ta- I would book Kyle Barrett any day of the week if I had a show going on. Kyle you Barrett just is a good word. Chinstrap Jesus. Can we call him Chinstrap Jesus at our show? I'm gonna book an entire show based around Chinstrap Jesus. <laughs> Don't make promises. It's gonna be at Christmas time. <laughs> and it's but gonna yeah. be all I want for Christmas is Chinstrap Jesus. Yeah, no, this was good because what it is is they gave they gave all three guys, Roy, Kyle, and Nick, an opportunity to showcase a couple of moves, and then they went home with the disqualification. And Kyle Barrett Bear reminds me of what you would have been if you would have became a pro wrestler five years before you became a pro wrestler. <laughs> size baby, overalls colored, same hair, same kind of facial. Just saying, Chris. Yeah, he's a little bit taller than I am, though. That's for sure. But you went through that rail light phase. I still love Madonna Rail Light. That's a phenomenal song. That'd be one of my top two hundred songs of all time. You know, I, I still to this day, this is this is just road stories of us going and doing ring setups and stuff. You know, to this day, I cannot listen to Zuffarella without listening to the whole record. I can't Wait, listen to once. What's the name of that U2 record? Zuffarella? Zarupa. 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 I could not listen to that without listening to the entire thing. That is the first CD I ever bought. We, we bought it at North Kent Mall. Okay. First, yep. first CD I ever bought was uh, Dookie by Green Day. Yeah. Makes sense, right? Yeah. It does. You know, Makes sense for you. Yeah. The, the, yep. the funniest CD story I, I have ever ever had is uh jeff your brother jeff was riding with me to an swa show and we stopped in some city at <laughs> flea market right it picked up this 80 cd it was like greatest I know what you're going to and it had higher love on it and we're like out in the middle of nowhere and we had just got off of stopping at a rest stop for me to do what i do best speaking of high guy um and 
Jeff was like, yeah, I'll stop. It's cool. And, and we get back in the car and he puts the CD on and Higher Love starts playing, right? And we're going up the hillsides and we're having a great time talking. All of a sudden it goes, give me a ha, 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 higher love. We were both like, what the hell? Remix. It just remixed itself all the way. It kept doing it too. Give me a ha, 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 higher love. We were like, what? <laughs> It was just one of those moments, dude. It was the so CD great. Was skipping. Yeah, it was yeah. so great. If I was, to, I haven't talked to your brother in a long time, and if I was just to call him and he was to answer, I'd be like, "Bring me a ha ha ha." Yeah, he'd be like, "Phil, what's up? <laughs> what?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was a good time. That was a good weekend too. Um, yeah. But all in all, this weekend I got jumped. No. I wasn't up there the weekend you got jumped. Oh, okay. That's a different story for a different time. So I heard yeah. about that, but I wasn't there that weekend. That was the weekend I couldn't make it for an SWA show. Yeah, we had the show on Ken Ross, and I ended up having to do music because I was in no condition to wrestle. But we'll talk about that some other time. No, yeah. no, no, no. You got jumped the night before I got there. Yeah, it was a third. We went out the Thursday night, night and I got jumped Thursday night. I got then, there Friday night. Yeah. Yeah, the show was Friday night in Ken Ross. Yep. Yeah, and I was supposed to work you, but I couldn't. And I, yeah, I, I got to wrestle Saturday. that. I had to wrestle that green piece of shit. That kid. That was like the worst wrestling match I've ever had in my life. Yeah, was that Curtis Mara? Yeah, yeah. God, that was a yeah. horrible match. Yeah. Yep. And then we had a show Saturday, and I, I I wrestled Saturday. I think that one was at the Savoy. Yeah, you did wrestle Saturday. But you didn't wrestle the Ken Ross show because you were just too beat up. Yeah. And then we wrestled the Ken Ross show, and that was where we split up. No, not the Ken Ross show. We didn't. No, no we the Savoy show. The Savoy, the Savoy show. show. Yeah, we yeah. split up at the Savoy show. Yeah. That's where we had the tag team battle royal, and then you did the Stardust gimmick. Yeah, I just found that uh, tape, so hopefully we'll get that on somewhere. But anyway, let's awesome. get back and finish UCW here because, yeah. yeah, they have a good little match for about five minutes, and then it turns into an all-out brawl. The Coven is taking on Barrett, Williams, and Green, and everybody's just fighting. It's a big kibosh, and after it's all settled down, the camera clips over to outside the venue, and Kyle Barrett is pulling out Nikki Ratu, who yeah, cracks a battled, can of... Go ahead. Yeah, they battled, they battled out into the uh, parking lot. Yep. Yep. Cal Barrett throws him outside and Nikki Ratu was like prepared. He grabbed a can of gas, dude, and just started dumping it on Barrett and then yeah. goes for a lighter. He's trying to light him on fire. Uh, Barrett gets the, the upper hand though, thankfully, and starts beating the crap out of, of Nikki Ratu and uh, gets the upper hand and, and goes back inside. Uh, thankfully, but uh, it was a very tense moment. I really thought that he was going to catch flames for a second there. Yeah, that would have been scary. Which which truly shows the, the sadisticness of the Covenant. It really does. Um, I yep. think it was a nice touch after the match. This is probably not over by any means with Barrett and Ratu. This is setting up for something bigger in the future, I would, I would almost guarantee. And then the shocker of the night happened. We go back outside of Dr. Zabby's office and she's talking to somebody a new signee that she's trying to help. And who do we see standing next to Dr. Abby at the end of this promo? Any idea? I'm not sure on his name, but I know. Isn't that Monster Klontz? I don't know. I'll be honest with you. 
I'm sorry. I'm so new to this. I really the don't know. man that is about to face the client that she gave up on in this show is now who she's supporting. Monster clots. Could be. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, Which, it, either way, it was a good segment because they've been planting seeds through the entire show for this. So now Kodiak has a match coming up against Monster Clonks. And the person who's been helping him the whole time will be in the corner of his opponent. That's a great angle. It's a good job. They, I, I said I wanted to see what they were going to do with this Dr. Abby thing, and they're actually picking it up and moving with it. So um, a couple of really good storylines here with UCW. I like it. Telling stories is beautiful. Good, good, good show here. Yeah, I gave I gave the show overall a B plus. I was highly entertained with this. Yeah, it was and, a good show. Yep, they, it, the half hour went by real fast, and they were telling us some good stories, and they had some good wrestling overall. It was a very good show. Yes, it was. Um, and that brings us to GLWA twenty five. Okay, before GLWA. we start. Before we start this, I did write in a side note to you, so I'll have to cut this, and I know it. Um, so what was there, like 16 people at the show? Not that many. <laughs> they I was really like, bring out the Colima audience. They are rivaling AWE for viewers here. Um, anyways, okay, I'll, I'll go back. Five, four, three, two. Ladies and gentlemen, the next show that we had underway was GLWA 25. Um yeah, this was an interesting show. I've never seen a GLWA show until this. I'd never seen a Great Lakes Wrestling uh, show. Um, but here we go. Um, Isaiah yeah. Moore. It, go it, ahead. They have, a, they have a very interesting setup. It's very personal. Um, not a lot of room in there, but uh, it's good. They have some good wrestling. I don't know why I wrote this the wrong way, but I, I swear to God, I wrote Isaiah Moore calls out Isaiah Moore. I know that's not right. But this this <laughs> this started out with Isaiah Moore getting called out for the GLWA championship. This was a good promo that was telling a three-year story that he had cut a promo three years ago saying, you know, when you get to know me fully, that's when you're going to pay for it. And um, it worked. Uh, this is another show starting off that's leading into a big show that's telling stories in their promo in their in their promos. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. That's why I couldn't find it. It's uh, GLWA Thursday Night Vendetta episode 25. Yes, sorry. Thursday Night Vendetta. I just wanted to be specific on this. Yeah. Um, they were promoting Wrestleversary four for this show. Um, they. Did a little promoting of that. And then we got to see Dollar take on Josh Morris. Um, this match had a decent start. Um, Dollar and Morris kept it, kept it moving pretty well. Uh, Dollar definitely had more stamina than Morris in this match, I could tell, uh, because you could see Josh Morris sucking wind about halfway through this match. Um, just a little note that I wrote out. I, I thought that this overall for an opening match in the show was pretty good. They kept things moving pretty well. They had some good spots. Yeah. And um, 
at the end of the match, Dollar won the match with a chokeout. Um, trying to read my notes here. I can't read my own writing right now. Yeah, no, the match overall wasn't bad. The chokeout was, was was kind of a surprise because I wasn't expecting that for a finish. No, but I, I, guess I wasn't either. Had, I, I thought it was kind of funny because the referee uh, it unintentionally comical yelling the Kazahazame. But yeah, I, I did like the fact that Dollar had a varied style in wrestling. I've never seen Dollar before tonight. And he came out and I got the Frankie the Face vibe from the music. Yeah. But other than the music, there was no Frankie the Face vibe. Well, actually, there was. If you watch this guy's style of music or this guy's style of wrestling, it was very broad. He did a lot of different stuff. He did a little bit of high spots. He did a little bit of submission. He did a little bit of technical. He, he was a little bit all over the place. And I think it worked very well for his opponent. Um, Dollar is definitely a guy I want to see more of because it, he looks like the type of guy that can transition with anybody. Um, he really just seemed like a complete all around, uh, like, he, like he definitely was very well trained. Yeah, and he, he got the victory. And then he he seemed very upset. So I'm not sure if something happened with him and Morris or whether he was just um, frustrated that it took so long to beat him. I don't know. Yeah, I, it, I wasn't sure was what was that. And there was, there was really no promo or anything to explain his upsetness. So that made me feel like it was – it may and, – and I'm only speculating like you. I, it made me feel more like it was something that happened during the match that upset him. You yeah, and I have both been there where something you, you plan a spot and you go through it and you expect to execute it just perfectly and something happens and yeah. you try always as a professional. Okay. You try not to let that frustration show, but I can promise you as a wrestler in the business for as long as I've been, there's been several times where I guarantee you the match we talked about at Ken Ross earlier Dude, there was disdain on my face from the second I got out of that ring until I went back. You sat me down for fucking, what, 25, 30 minutes after that to calm me down? Because I was just, I was so upset with myself after that. I mean, well, it wasn't my fault. It's, it's, it's difficult when you work so hard and every wrestler, whether they want to admit it or not, is perfectionist. They want yes. everything to be perfect in the ring. And even if you're mistimed by a half a step, and even if the if if the spectators don't realize it, you realize it, and that's what can get annoying. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it was still too early to tell. But then after the match, um, Dollar gets attacked. Yes, Dollar gets attacked by a Brutus Dillon. He lays out Dollar, setting up for their match because at Slammiversary Four, he's set to face. Brutus Dillon. And so yeah. Brutus Dillon comes out and makes a point setting up their match for Slammiversary 4. Yep. Setting, uh, giving us a good story for Slammiversary. And Dillon just hit a massive yep. sit down ch uh, choke slam. Then we got to watch the first ever triple threat elimination match in GLWA. Big Murph took on Jamal Kendall versus. Damian Gray in a number one contendership for the top-notch title. Now, Big Murph is somebody that I've met before. Jamal Kendall, I have no clue. Damian Gray was another guy that I've, I've, I've seen 
he's shown up in Chicago a few times. Um, he's like a rockabilly. Uh, he's like if if the honky tonk man and uh, Jonathan Travolta in Greece were to have a baby. And he was a yeah. brute mother, mother, mother humpered. Okay. Um, but these guys had a good match. Uh, this was, like I said, a number one contendership for the top notch title. And as soon as this match started, Big Murph just jumps out and takes a seat and is like, go for it, guys. Beat, beat the crap out of each other. I'm comfortable sitting here. He made it very clear. And he just took a seat for a while. This allowed, uh, this allowed Kendall and Gray to go at it. And uh, they had a good start off. They were back and forth. Until uh, and then they had a nice back and forth spot until Murph came in and leveled both of them. Um, Murph at that point started to dominate this match a little bit. Um, I think that in this match it, w- it was it was it was done very well. Um, was this an this was an elimination match, correct? Yeah, that's what I liked about it. Um, well, most I triple threats. Was. I did. I thought it was, but I don't see. On my notes were who got eliminated or anything. Let me see if I can find it in mine. I thought it was elimination, but it's not. Nope, it's whoever gets the first. Yeah, because I remember the finish now. I no, no, like no. The elimination, the elimination match was uh, in, in CCW. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've watched so much wrestling today, man, that it blurred together a little bit. Obviously, I said Cat Daddy. Yeah, that was, the, that was the finish um, of the um, round robin tournament. That was Darian Ultra, Darian Ultra. And, um, yeah, we'll get into that later. Uh, yeah, no, this was not an elimination. It was just apologies. This was just a, this was just winner gets the gets the number one contendership. OK, sorry about the confusion there, guys. Uh, yeah, this went back and forth until Murph came in. Murph dominated the match uh, for a bit and then. At a certain point in the match, uh, Gray took over. And when Gray took over the match, he just ran with it, let the mailman hit it, and um, comes away with the victory. This uh, sets up for, as Damian Gray wins the match, he is now the number one contender to face Timothy Savage for the top-notch title at Wrestleversary. Yeah, this was my first exposure to Damian Gray. I thought he was phenomenal. I really enjoyed his character. I really enjoyed his work. When I like anytime I've ever seen Damian Gray, um, he's got a good look, and the persona that he plays, he pulls off very well, very well. Um, He is a very convincing greaser. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I will say, though, this was not really my kind of match. You know, with the start, like you said, a big, um, uh, they were doing a lot of big man, no selling crap, with, uh, Gray and Murph were. And, you know, I don't know. I didn't much care for that. And then I'm not a big fan of triple threat matches because there's always got to be one guy out. And so you've yep. got to try to work a story where somebody's <laughs> out for a little bit. And I don't think that they were able to tell that story very well. But, I mean, overall, I mean, it it was an okay match. And um, I was actually pleasantly surprised that Damien got the victory. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I, I was surprised he got the victory, but he got it done. Um, he had been gone for a while. He's been out on injury, and he came back. Um, and this was, a, this was a good way to come back, for sure. Uh that led us into a six-man tag uh, as a main event, which I'm, again, not too happy about. But 
we saw Sergeant Victor Petrov. Solomon Stone. Now, Solomon Stone's a guy that we've we've seen before. Wasn't he at the CPW show a couple of months ago? Yep, Dollar General. Yep. Also a friend, uh, a friend, and I believe trained uh, with Ortega, one of my trainers, LSWO. Uh, he teamed up. They teamed up with Solomon Alex Stone. Van Zandt. Yeah, Solomon Stone. Um, AVZ, and they took on Jaden Quick. Daniel Stark and Kenzie Black. So it's three guys against two guys and a female. Um, so automatically, and this is no offense to this company, you're, you're already setting your main event up to something I personally, personally am not a fan of, uh, which is having one female on a, on a strong-sided team against others. Now, she did pretty well in this match, but... At the same time, when they did all their units and tag stuff at the beginning of this match, she was behind them and kind of lacked back. These other guys look way more dominant and powerful compared to Kenzie, Kenzie Black just in the ring. She looked off. Um, but that's my only criticism on the match. Other than that, um, you know, uh, it, it started, started with some team action and turned into a one-on-one. Um, overall, it was a pretty decent match featuring uh, – what does that say? Hold on. Well, Featuring guys. Course, the, the idea of this match is all six of these competitors are going to be in the ladder match at Wrestle. That's what it says. To, yeah, that's what I'm saying in my notes. Featuring guys in a match for the chase for the case, which is like money in the bank. So I'm they're guessing. giving them a look. It, it is. They the basically so the, the chase for the case is a, a ladder match where they grab the case off for an opportunity for a title match of their choosing at their choosing. Yeah. It can be used anytime. That's pretty much money in the bank, um, which, which is fine. It's that time of year. You know, what's going to be happening in companies. We're going to see it. So, you know, that, and that's fine. So they gave these guys some nice exposure before that. Um, but like most six man tags, this started fast, slowed way down going through the match and then as the ending you could tell when this match was going to end because it picked right back up yeah you're like yeah this is about to end now and there was a kind there was there was some chaos and abz ended up rolling up kenzie black the female for the win bury the female i knew they were going to do that as soon as she was in the match i was like yeah, and he pulled her tights i knew when she got put into the match that she was there to eat the to eat the loss I really like thought that from, and to me, that's, to me, that's just buried your female, but you know, I could be wrong. I, I yeah. Maybe she didn't have anything going on and that was just the, the purpose for her to get a spot. I, I don't know. Well, it did make her look like the weak link in the match. It, did. it didn't make her look strong at all. And I mean, maybe the idea here is to make her look that, and then she's going to win at WrestleVersary. I don't know. We'll we'll find yeah. out when we get to that show. But ultimately, you know, when you have again a three-on-three tag match like this, there's a there's a lot of opportunity to do a lot of smosh stuff, and that's kind of what this broke down into. Which and then yeah. ultimately led to the quick um, roll up by AVZ and. Overall, I didn't think this was a bad match at all. I th- I think it was kind of pretty standard, like you mentioned, and I didn't really see much wrong with it. There was just a few little things here and there, but nothing too crazy. 
yeah. I thought it was I thought it was a good match. Yeah, for sure. Um I, I overall enjoyed it. Um I think that uh overall it was a nice it was a nice showcase for these guys to um show their talent before this big show that they have going off. And and it basically it didn't really matter who won or lost this match. I don't think it really hurt any of their own momentum going in. It was more just a spotlight. Yeah. Yep. And a big shout out to Alexis, who is the referee for this. I think she did a pretty good job and held her own. But overall, GLWA, um, the, the only thing I would be super critical about was your last two matches were kind of like special matches. You had a triple threat followed by a six-person tag. And when you have two back-to-back matches like that, it I don't want to say it takes away from it, but it doesn't add anything, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I do. But, I mean, that would be the only thing. And that's just being super picky at that point in time. Because they all held their own. But, yeah, that was GLWA. Any other parting shots before we move on? Uh, no, I like I said, overall, it was pretty good. It was a, it was a build for uh, their pay-per-view or their, their big show, their premium live event. That's right, Jones. All right, yeah. Speaking of Jones, we're going to kick off CCW episode 40. This kicks off with Paul Jones and Cat Daddy. As always, Cat Daddy. You know, and I know that the Cat Daddy is Paul Bowser, and Paul Bowser is the owner of CCW, and he calls matches, makes matches, he commentates. The only thing I have not seen this guy do yet is ref, and I think he's done that too Um, because he was just featured with a feud with Jason DeMilo. So uh, right before we started reviewing CCW, that is. So yeah. this show kicks off. Cat Daddy's pumped as always, which I like. I love his, I love his excitement. Um, but this starts off kicking off the round robin tournament in round three. Ryan Sins gets announced and uh, briefly explains, I am not Ryan Sins anymore. I am Ryan Mathias. And gets brought, reintroduced as Ryan Mathias. That's right, and, Jones. That's right, Jones. That Trevor Shroud. Trevor Stroud with the new Albania comes out. Um, basically, all I got out of the promo at the beginning from Ryan, Ryan Mathias as always is that he's hurt because his friend stabbed him in the back and he has no more friends. I don't yeah. have any friends. Why don't so, anybody love me? Uh, that's how I felt when I dropped that pizza on the floor. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I know how he feels, okay? Anyways, uh, yeah, he did start to show shades of a different attitude in this match. Um, it was pretty back and forth to start. Um, but uh, by the end of the match, uh, Matthias got the victory with a, with, a, with a nice stretch. It was a nice finish by Matthias. Um, unexpected. I thought Trevor Stroud was going to come up with the victory in this match. But... Um, overall, I think it was pretty good. It was a pretty good start off match for the show. Um, 
they had a nice outside spot. Uh, it's a little bit of action. Uh, at the end of the day, all in all, I think it was a pretty good match. Uh, but the fact that Ryan Mathias won this match means that everybody in the round robin tournament has a point. Yeah. So this match was good. It lasted five minutes. It it wasn't anything glaringly bad or or anything super. No, they they, they kept it moving pretty good. And I mean, if there would have been a crowd in the audience, I think they would have been behind this match. It would have got them. It would have got them pumped up, pumped up enough to start the show. What? What irritated me was um, Cat Daddy and Jones started right, Jones. calling the match. And then about two minutes in, yeah, that's right, Jones, they, um, they switched and stopped calling the match and started talking about Ryan Mathias and all the storylines. And nobody was doing play-by-play. And it was annoying because... What I'm hearing is not matching what I'm seeing. Yeah, but, I mean, if one of them, if one of them would have told the story while the other one was still doing the color commentary, I think this would have worked. But no, it just came into a huge promotional push for future shows and for Matthias. Um, well, and I think that's what they've struggled with. I've meant, I've noted that several times. Is it, there isn't a clear play-by-play, and there isn't a clear color. They just kind of bounce back and forth. You know, they I've made this very off of each other. They would be a good two and three. They just needed somebody to do play by play. I've made this very clear to every promotion out there. Um, I am a wrestler. Yes, I, I do get that. But if you need a color commentator, dude, you you ain't gonna find a better color commentator in the business than your boy upon the site. I went to college for color. sports broadcasting. They don't need color. They sports play by play broadcasting so i can give you color commentary i can give you play-by-play i can give you the blow-by-blow and i won't call every dive outside a tope suicida (laughs) yeah that's right excalibur that's right paul that's right jones Oh, yeah. If I could do anything in the wrestling business that would make me more happy than anything, it would be to take Excalibur's job. <laughs> I, I remember like on our first episodes, we were talking about the history of Excalibur. And I still don't he, believe he wrestled. He did. It was in... Oh, God. Now I'm going to have to look it up. I don't even remember. But yeah, still he did a little bit in, in California. But yeah, at that point, at that point, Moises did a little bit of wrestling. I'm beautiful, uh, Bobby. Yeah, beautiful, Bobby. There you go. Beautiful, Bobby. Oh my God, he's from Detroit. Excalibur's from Detroit. That makes it even worse. Uh, I definitely wanted to give a shout out and a um, and uh, a shout out real quick to uh, a gentleman that does wrestling news on YouTube. He's from Detroit. And uh, I'm going to get a chance to hang out with him at the AW show. And that is a shout out to Ango. Um, if you uh, do not know who Ango is, he is a guy who does wrestling news and information on YouTube. And um, he's from Detroit. And I didn't know this until recently, but uh, he does a really good job. And uh, so shout outs to Ango out there for getting sponsorships recently. Um, some major sponsorships. That's all I got to say about that. 
Okay. Pro Wrestling Gorilla. That's who he worked for. Oh, okay. Yep. So, um, was he the gorilla? Thais, what's that? Was he the gorilla? No, he was the pro wrestling. I, I still pays to a No. No. Um, yeah. So, Ryan Matthias gets the victory by submission over, um, Trevor Stroud. And then we cut to the back, and Ryan gives an interview about and calls out Lance Starr. I'm not trying to be critical on wrestlers here. But if I have to be critical on anything about Ryan Mathias, is you've got the look, you've got the wrestling, all right. Now you need to work on those mic skills. Yeah. Um, if you're gonna, and this is this is constructive criticism, people. If you're gonna cut a promo about wanting to hurt and dismantle people, don't talk in such a light haphazard voice don't come in there and cut a promo like yeah i'm uh i'm uh, i'm here to hurt people no you gotta ask matt you know what my name is ryan effin matthias and i am here to break bones snap necks and just cause pain don't i'm, I'm gonna hurt people yeah, it only works if you if you're gonna bring it down. It if you're gonna be subtle, you gotta be a psychopath. Slow, radical with what you're saying, or if your Dexter words gotta count. So yeah, Dexter Lumis didn't have to say a word as I spoke for him. Dan yeah. Spivey was another one, but he could cut a hell of a promo. Yeah, yeah, and this is just constructive criticism. I liked what you said, Matthias. Have some conviction when you say it have some yeah, attitude bring yeah. it just like you're in a ring you got to bring that promo like you're still wrestling um i struggled with this at first but once i figured this out chris can attest to it heel face didn't matter i cut a promo with the best of them wasn't easy it wasn't learned overnight it's it's definitely a, a skill that you have to learn over time i give him a lot of credit for cutting promos just uh, the best advice I can give you is have some attitude. Have some attitude. If you're going to talk about dismantling people, bring it. I want to believe you. Anyways. So the match is set for May 6th, I believe. Yeah, you challenged, you challenged uh, Lance Star, Star and Ryan Mathias. Cat Daddy booked it. Jones reminded him, though, as long as Lance Starr's health is cleared for the match. Can that match take place? Oh, that's right, Jones. So then now we, we get the finals of the round yeah, robin then, tournament. Well, well, then Cat Daddy said, well, you know, everybody's tied. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to have a triple threat. Last man standing wins. Yes. So yep. then, go ahead, go ahead. No, nope, that's all. That's what I was going to say. Yes, that's that's what was set up. And then our three competitors are Ryan Mathias, Trevor Stroud, and Darian Ultra. Yeah, I've been in the ring with Darian Ultra, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, I really like that kid. Darian Ultra has a lot of promise. He's still working on himself, but he's got a lot of he's got a lot of potential in the in the future to be one of those guys like Jack Price that just gets booked everywhere. I truly believe Darian Ultra has that potential. 
I don't know how you feel about him, but he he's got that it factor in my opinion. Yeah, he's good. He's he he's, he's he's got a nice look to him. He's still developing into that it factor, but it's there. It's it's there. He's still getting there, but he's you know he's got some work to do. But he's 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 pretty impressive already. Um, he gives me that that feeling I get when I watch uh, Adam Wick and Solo and Brutus Atwell. Like, I'll probably be seeing this guy for a while. So, but yes, this was a triple threat match. Um, I didn't take a lot of notes in this one because I, I enjoyed watching this match, to be honest with you. Um, I, I did put some down. I, I, I wrote down that I like Trevor Shroud working both guys. Um, it, it shows that, that he gets the psychology of a triple threat and that you can't leave one guy standing around for too long or they'll take advantage of you. Um, he had a nice scent on to both men. Um, as far as Darian Ultra win, he had a real nice spinning wheel kick in this match. Um, this was an elimination-style match. Trevor Shroud rolls up Matthias, and he grabbed his tights to get yeah. the victory. Matthias was up. Schoolboy, quick schoolboy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Which eliminated Matthias. Matthias was upset. Um, he took out both men before complaining to every fan and every ring announcer and music guy on his way out to, out to the curtain. He was not happy about having his tights grabbed and getting taken and eliminated out of this match. Matthias, uh, not happy, Jones. Yeah, Jones. Yeah. Yep. And so then that left Trevor taking on Darian. Yep, and then Jay Abrams, uh, they, they had a back and forth for a while. Uh, they went at it, and, and, and I enjoyed this. Trevor Stroud's a pretty good wrestler, and he matched up with Darian Ultra pretty well. They, they had a match previously to this that was a pretty good match as well. Um, and I'm pretty sure Darian Ultra lost the match to Trevor Stroud yeah. originally. So this was like, so this worked into the elimination of Matthias, who was the only guy who got a victory over one of those two. Then Stroud had already previously beat Ultra, so now Shroud's, and you could tell once Matthias got eliminated after they got back up from getting taken down by Matthias, that Shroud had it in his head. He was just going to beat Ultra again. And uh, to his surprise, it didn't work out to his favor in the end of this match. Um, Abrams gets up on the ring apron to try and get the distraction in, but it backfires when Trevor Shroud goes to hit Damien Ultra. Damien Ultra moves, and he ends up hitting Abrams. Or Abrams ends up hitting... No, yeah, he ends up hitting Abrams, knocking Abrams off the ring apron. And yeah. Darren Ultra gets the finisher and gets the victory. Yep. Darren Ultra wins the tournament. There was no title. There was what was this for? It was the um just a round robin tournament. There was no stakes. Okay. Then post match featured Darian Ultra. Cat Daddy says, I called you a loser last week, and I take that back because you're victorious and you won the tournament. And then they asked him about his mystery opponent on May 6th, which brought in the cue of him saying May 6th is a mystery still. Yep. He will not tell them who his mystery opponent is. So after the victory of the tournament, they they flip from that arena to their house show where Darian Ultra takes on Jason DeMilo. 
started out great at the beginning, and then all of a sudden, New Albania ran in and flatlined Darian Ultra. Jason DeMilo got away. Um, this was in response, obviously, to Darian Ultra winning the tournament. They were going for yeah. they were going for DeMilo too, but he snuck out of there. They couldn't get DeMilo, but they tried. Um, this was a mainly an attack that was planted towards uh, Darian Ultra. This sets up from a sixth. And that was the whole purpose of the spot. Yeah, it was to give us a little bit more wrestling that lasted about a minute and a half and before New Albania came in. Yeah, it was it was meant to build into Darian Ultra's mystery opponent and going against New Albania. Um, New Albania is booked hard to the nines at this big show coming up on the sixth. Um, for sure, they all have they all have a spot. Um, Freedom Ramsey was then seen next taking on Kobashi, Kobashi, Andre Kobashi, yes, from New Albania. Yeah, you know, I was really impressed with Freedom Ramsey here. He, I was really impressed with Freedom Ramsey as well. I was not, however, impressed. Uh, I don't know if he was just off or what the situation is, but Kobashi just, he just, I don't know if, if it's, I don't know what it is about it, but this was just an off performance by him tonight. Yeah, I wrote down that he looked weak. Now I don't know if that was the story, but he just he he didn't look very commanding in the ring. His ring presence is about as believable as Andy Kaufman. Oh, that's a good comparison. And that's the nicest way I can put it. I mean is there a weight limit or a size limit to a wrestler? No, but I mean, there is a limit between micro championship wrestling and being a pro wrestler. And I feel like he very much borderlines on that limit size. He is like Marco Satan size. He's fun size. He's just a little feller. And when you're in a wrestling company with a bunch of big dudes, you're going to stand out odd a lot. And I think that that's what you're seeing here. Um, he can't look strong against guys that are twice his size and are only 140 pounds. Yeah, Kabashi's got he can talk, he's got mic skills, he can work um, too, he can work too, but you got to work him against the right opponents. I feel like, yeah. yeah, and I feel like Freedom Ramsey is not the opponent for Kabashi. Freedom um, looked yeah. great. It's just like I said, this could be an off performance for Kabashi. I don't know. He did have some nice spots in here, but it just seemed off. Like, like, like you said, like almost like it wasn't. He had no power at all. Yeah. Um, but like I said, overall, it was a pretty decent match, and, and Freedom Ramsey ended up uh, looking pretty good in this one. Yeah, but then. Uh... You got the finish written down? What happened? Uh, I know that Kabashi won the match due to... Schoolboy uh, pulling the tights. Yep. Which is exactly how... I know where you're going. The three-way dance ended between Matthias, Stroud, and Darian Ultra. Both both of those finishes resulted in tight pulls. Yeah. Schoolboy's tights. That's just... I don't know. Maybe they didn't communicate in the back to let them know, but that's just irritating. Freedom Ramsey cut a promo next. 
post-match, even though he lost. And they're asking him because Kobashi picked his opponent for May 6th, and he's facing Malik. And, you know, they, 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 they talked about that, and he said, you know, I'm looking forward to getting to the ring against Malik to get some revenge for what he did to Father Marquise. Now, again, Father Marquise on a show, and he's not blind as a bat um, on a previous show. Uh, it, it just confuses me. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. Um, he's going to get payback for Father Marquise for being blind by Malik, and they ask him if he's going to tell who Kobashi's opponent is, and he says, yeah, on May 6th. Then New Albania comes, or Kobashi comes out and wants to know, and he says, you'll know. On May 6th. Yeah. He doesn't give it up. And so, obviously, we're going to find out on May 6th. Next, we see... Well, hold on. Before we move on. Again, this is like... This is almost a repeat of what's going on with Darian Ultra. Yep. Very repetitive in this show tonight, which was rare. But I, I I don't know. Like, all their spots lead to the same. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's the way it just had to get edited in, but I mean, yeah. at this point, I'm just wondering if maybe they had a lack of talent for the show, or what was going on there. And I, I, I I'm only speculating, so don't assume that that's what it was. I don't, I don't know. personally know, but we've seen I don't know how many matches on the show, and they featured Darian Ultra, Kabashi. And Matthias for the majority of everything in this, besides there was a spot with Freedom Ramsey, but that still featured. I, I don't know. Um, What's next, Jones? Maybe, maybe this was just the end of their tapings, and it's all they had left to put out. I, I don't really know what happened here. Usually, right. usually they do a filming, a filming up from each big show to each big show, and I, and so I, I wondered if maybe this was just the end of their content. It's what they had to put out this week, so it's what we got. Yeah, I don't know. I don't also, know, Jones. These are probably the biggest spots they have going into May 6th. These are probably their marquee matches. So they're trying to give those as much time and attention as possible. I think that when they did the tapings, they probably didn't realize they had all this stuff bulked together at the end, and they were like, uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know, Jones. Yep. We'll do it next, live, Jones. Next, we saw Jason DeMilo come out. I like Jason DeMilo. Yeah, the more I, good, I watch I him, the more good, I like him. I had a good conversation with him at IPW last month. He's a nice really guy. nice. He's a really nice guy. Um, he plays a good character, and he, this was no exception. He did a great job on the mic here. Uh, he did a great job. Cat Daddy wanted to challenge him to a match on the sixth, and he immediately said no. Yep. And then he set up an open challenge that was open to everybody except for Cat Daddy. Open to anybody, huh? Uh-oh. Where are you going to be on May 6th? I don't know, but I might have to show up at you at uh, CCW. Well, I hate to break it to you, but you're four days late. I know. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say it and see if anybody caught it. <laughs> Sorry. Spoiler alert. But, yeah, he... Site. 
he denied the, the challenge and he said, I don't care who it is. It could be a wrestler. It could be a fan. It could be your toddler. I'll even take that toddler and punk kick him down the aisle. <laughs> great lines. Jason DeMilo knows how to work a mic. Congratulations. That was a great spot. It was a nice little end of the show. Overall, this was another go home to a big show. Um, obviously, most of the shows we watched tonight were go homes. They were all go home shows. Here's the sad part about this. All of their go home shows built to their shows and made me want to watch the big show more than WWE did for Backlash. <laughs> you know, like how come these indie shows can make you want to go to their big shows, but you can't even get a draw to watch a premium live event like Backlash? Yeah. Yeah. No, I got you. I got you. Yeah. And that leaves us with one more show to go. Yep, one more local. That would be Capital Pro Wrestling. That I mean, they had the their show is the Great Lakes Professional Wrestling Showcase. This is episode ninety five, entitled Lewis Linden versus Justin Dream. This premiered on May third, and features shows or wrestling from the fledge we started off with a recap of what happened last week on with jack reville beating keith cream and then dj dangler brings out jason blazon for an interview okay now i've been critical on every show right I'm going to be critical now. What is this company? What is it actually labeled? Is this company Capital Pro? Is this company Great Lakes Professional Wrestling? Or is this company American Lucha Libre? There's actually, there, there is an identity crisis here. I'll give you that much. Because in this promo by Dangler, he straight says... Great Lakes Professional Wrestling, Championship Pro Wrestling, or Capital Pro Wrestling. They're brought in and out of these segments. I don't know what the name of this company is. I work for this company. I cannot tell you what the name of this company is. We all refer to it as Capital Pro Wrestling. I've heard people refer to it as American Lucha Libre, and I've heard it pronounced as Great Lakes Professional Wrestling. Or Championship. The name of the promotion is Capital Pro Wrestling. The name of their television show is Great Lakes Professional Wrestling Showcase. Okay. Then maybe it's just because Dangler's doing it and it's not Craig. But Craig used to always announce it as Capital Pro Wrestling. Welcome to the Great Lakes Professional Wrestling Showcase. Which was announcing the name of the company and the name of the show. And here... I can't figure it out. And and it's I'm again, I'm not trying to be overly critical, but it's like you said, it's an identity crisis. Because the the show at the 7th and I'm I, again, this is just me trying to figure this out. The Taco and Tequila Fest was announced American Lucha Libre, Great Lakes Professional Wrestling and Capital Pro. Yeah, it and makes website, it sound like there's three different companies. And the website is AmericanLuchaLibre.com. So yeah, I it's don't confusing. Know. 
it it's is confusing, but confusing. basically it all leads to Capital Pro is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Anyways, it, it, yeah, it's it, it just because he, he kept saying Great Lakes like like it was the company name. So it if you're new to watching it, it could be a bit confusing is all I'm saying. Like if that's the name of the show, you need to address it as such. If If you're addressing the company, you need to address it as Capital Pro. Don't flip flop it and conf- like because it was confusing. Um, well, if you want to so- add one more layer to this mystery, if you wanted to find them on YouTube and you searched Capital Pro Wrestling, <laughs> you wouldn't get anything. If you searched American Lucha Libre, you're you're going to get a lot, but not what you're looking for. It depends on how you spell Capital. You actually have to search for Head Drop Productions. No, I found them under Capital Pro. But here's the thing. It's not how you would think you would spell capital pro wrestling. Capital spelled C-A-P, uh, capital with the I-T-O, uh, the O? No, it's I-A-L, capital with an A, capital yeah, wrestling. From then you'll, capital. if you search capital with an A instead of an O, at capital pro wrestling, it pops right up on YouTube. Well, yeah, because again, it's so, capital, the <clears throat> Lansing. Yeah, capital but... But if you if you if you if you go by suggestive typing text, it'll put the O in. Oh yeah, no, I get it. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, and, and like I said, I'm not saying this to be critical. I love the I love CPW. It ain't, and it's nothing bad against them. It's just uh, I think Dangler was a little confused, and he he just kind of he was kind of announcing the company as Great Lakes Pro Wrestling. I don't think he really understood or knows, but. Yeah. Um, just you know, it's it's just one of those things that that I'm going to point out. And if if you're listening, if anybody from Capitals listening, I'm not dogging on you guys. I love you guys. It's just it's for the fans. Make it clear to the fans what you're promoting, because if not, you're going to send people on wormholes that'll lead them to God knows what. So, anyways, let's get to the review. Jason Blazing comes out for his interview. <laughs> yes, and he is upset. What's new with Jason Blazing? He's been upset. He keeps saying he's the best super junior weight, but then he's about one of four junior weights, and you know it's it's ironic. It's funny. Um, it's not funny to him, but it's funny as a fan to watch. It's um, almost like he needs a manager to point him in the right direction. Well, he just needs to. Because he uh, keeps he keeps end up wrestling guys that are twice his size, and that's not what he's about. And unfortunately, it's he's always been on the losing end. What was it? A couple weeks ago, he had Anderson Knight and he lost. So that's what he's upset about. Yeah, but, you know, it's either it's either that or he needs somebody to he needs a bigger guy to to teach him how to handle a bigger guy. I mean, maybe he needs maybe he needs some additional training with a big guy. Maybe you know, I mean, this is professional wrestling. When are, you know, when are you ever going to fight somebody who's directly, this isn't MMA. You're not going to get matches that are going to have guys that have to make weight to wrestle you. Yeah. But I digress. Yeah. He's, he's upset. He keeps having to wrestle guys that are just gigantic. And I understand that. I understand his frustration, but to me as a fan, it's funny. It's funny to see him upset. It's funny to see him get beat down. Yep. It, it, it is. It's funny to me as a fan. He was yep. upset, though. It, yep. 
And so, but now he does have a match. He goes into the ring and is awaiting his opponent. <laughs> he actually thinks he's going to wrestle somebody his size. Psych! Psych, 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 psych. psych. Because who comes out? One half of the Hollywood Hustlers. Thurston Scowl. Scowl. Future yep. friend of the show. Yeah. Future friend of the show. Um, and, uh, you know, this was all Thurston Scowl. Um, he dominated this match. Jason Blazin didn't stand a chance from the time the bell rang. Um, yeah, he tried. He had a couple of quick things, but Thurston just basically cut him off at every chance. Thurston is good at what he does, and it doesn't matter if you're the best super junior weight in the world when you're wrestling Thurston Scowl. I think the best part of this match was towards the beginning when Jason Blazin like, all of a sudden quickly took over, and it scared Thurston, so he ran to the corner to make a tag. But Rivera, Hot Stuff Rivera, wasn't there. So that, this is Thurston yeah. wrestling singles, and he had to remind himself, oh, my God. You know, when you're bailed out, yeah, when you're in a prominent tag team, I mean, you know, uh, to be fair, like we we toured for a while together when when I started going back out on my own, there's a couple times where I'd get up to go to the corner and it's like, wait, dude, there's no one there. Yeah, so I get it. And if I can talk for just a second about the ending of this match after I'm watching the video. I see that Thurston actually cheated a little bit and um, gave a low blow, a blatant low blow to Blazin, and then um, gave him a, a small package for the for the three count. I actually didn't see. I was the referee for this match. I didn't see the low blow, um, and I wish the camera would have picked this up, but it didn't. Uh, unfortunately, I had an ill-timed cough, so I turned my head just for a second and coughed into my elbow at that exact second. I'm. I apologize. I missed that. That's my own fault. I should probably should have not taken my eyes off the match, but the one time I did, that's when it did. That's when it happened. Otherwise I wouldn't have counted that pin. So I do apologize for that. Is the best damn referee in the business admitting that he made a mistake? Uh, It happens. I mean, we, it's just the integrity that I bring. I will admit when I do make mistakes. Fair. Because I'm more of a Brutus Atwell guy. Slam every man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep, after the match, Thurston Scowl cuts a promo. And um, I actually didn't write down what he said, so I apologize for that. Oh, he, had, he, got, he, cut, a great, he cut a great promo. I didn't write down word for word what he said, but it was a great promo. It was, it was highly entertaining. Um, I, any, you know, anytime you see the Hollywood Hustlers, whether it's Thurston Scowl, or Hollywood Rivera, they're money. They are money. I, I like it's like War Inc. Anytime they come out to cut, they're money. You, you, you can't go wrong when you hand the mic to somebody like that. Yeah. So, uh, no, it was a great promo, and um, yeah, I can't recollect every word that was said in it, but it was it was done very well. And it was a great job. I can't, I'm looking forward to having him on the show. I wanna I wanna talk to both the Hollywood hustlers. Oh, yeah, that's right. His promo was about the uh, tournament that's going yeah. on, about how they're dominating their block, and he's essentially, they've already got four points, so they've got their tournament wrapped up. And then... They, um, they need get, one more point to qualify for the finals. Yep. 
we get the Dirty Nasty Asteroids coming out. That would be Dylan Derringer, Danny Astro, and Nick Zero. Taco Hell, Taco Bell. Yep. Dirty and, Hell. And the Galaxy Collector. Yep. And they have, um, they're going to do what they call Pillow Talk with Dylan Derringer. They've created an app that has allowed them to create their matches. Like Tinder. Yep. They, they've created an app to determine who their opponents are going to be. And if there's a match, then they will wrestle. So the first one to go is Dylan Jeringer, um for a singles match. And he ends up finding a match. He does find a match. Yeah. I don't remember who it is, though. <laughs> Hoping you chime in. Oh, Dylan Derringer, wasn't it? Uh, 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 Mr. Ono. Oh, I think so. I think it was Mr. Ono. I don't know. I got it right here. Let me let me turn. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to go to the video reel, ladies and gentlemen. Back to instant replay brought Uh, to you. In part yeah. by corn nuts, <laughs> bust a nut. Yep, it's Grab JP Ono. Bag of corn nuts yep. and bust a nut. J- JP Ono. Yep, you are right. Yeah. God, this was a month ago. I can't remember what I did last night, let alone a month ago. And so now it's uh, time for the Dirty Nasty Asteroids to figure out who their opponents are going to be in a tag match. So Danny Astro swipes, and we find out it's going to be Team Honey Badger. They're a match. So, I don't know. The promo was was different. Um, It was more set for comedy than it was telling stories. I got the point across. Um, I don't. I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know. I'm indifferent on this. It was good, but I feel like it didn't bring heat on them. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had what was it? The next match of the night. Yep. And then it was the main event. Justin Drew Dream taking, taking on Lewis Linden. Lewis Linden was debuting here for. Uh, CPW, um, but you know he's he's known in other places for doing other things, and I'm going to mention that in a second. Uh, but you know he he's got to face Justin Dream, also known as Sheepy. Um, is he Sheepy or just Black Sheep? I think Sheepy is somebody different. Justin Dream is Black, the Black Sheep. They call him Sheepy, though. I've heard a million people yell Sheepy. Um, okay. So Justin Dream is on a tear in CPW. And a debuting Lewis Linden has to try to derail the momentum of Justin Dream. Well, this match uh, was a pretty good match. Uh, Various styles, but as Lewis Linden, he gets into the match and someone yells out of the crowd, nine to five. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Because in CPW, they're not 
they're not nine to five. They're, they're known nine to five as a tag team, plenty other places. Um, and again, Jack Verville was just on our, our podcast uh, that just aired uh, Monday. So Tuesday, and um, he had a great interview, but uh, you know, these guys work good as a tag team, but they also work very well on their own um, for wrestling. A big man, like Justin dream, Lewis Linden kept up with it. And, and, and Justin dream kept up with him. Um, this was a pretty good match that that pretty much was telling a story that Lewis Linden was really literally willing to do whatever it took to defeat Justin dream and Justin dream overcame that. Um, and used his mask and built it up and got the win. Um, it was a really good match. And these guys had the crowd going, the crowd was hot at this point. Um, very hot. They, you know, uh, I, I, I was refing this match and personally, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought that it had a lot of great action. And I think that Justin dream, uh, probably came as close as he's came to losing a match here, but he didn't lose. He, you know, he, he got the comeback at the end and, and they got the victory over Lewis, but Lewis had some great technical moves in this match. Yeah, it was a good main event. It was a good wrestling match. And, you know, we've set the, the tone or set the story that um, Justin Dream becomes a different person when he puts the mask on. Well, and, and furthermore, you know, Lewis, Lewis uh, grabbed me and tried to uh, put me in the middle of this match. And he realized real quickly, based on my size, and I don't know if you noticed in the match, he grabs me. And he puts me in front of him and he realizes how big I am. And he's like, I'm not touching you, big man. He literally said it. And he backed away from me. Um, probably the smartest thing that Lewis Linden's probably ever done in his life. Yeah. Referee or not. And, and other guys in CPW are learning this. And as you'll see in the episode that debuts on Tuesday for CPW, don't aggravate me. Even as a referee, don't put your hands on me. Um, I forget the gentleman's name, but I literally walked him out of the arena at CPW uh, in the first match of the show that just debuted today, which by the time this airs would have been of Tuesday. Um, you can watch me manhandle him out of the building. I literally pick this guy up, pull him off of the Joe Dirt lookalike and drag him out of the building. So um, it was probably the smartest thing he could have done. Uh That'd be Jeremiah Blackheart. Yeah, Jeremiah Blackheart, who had debuted. Um, you can watch on the debut as I pull him out of the building. It was It's actually, they show the whole spot, too. And crowd, The crowd loves me as a ref. <laughs> I don't get why, but they love me as a referee. Um, I think it's just my sheer size. I mean, a guy my size, I'm six foot one, 270 pounds. Okay, I'm not a tiny guy. But um to use me to put in between between me and Justin dream was the smartest thing that Lewis Linden could have done because I am a very big, this is my whole point. I'm a very big obstacle. It made Justin dream double take. Do I want to mow him over? I don't know about all that. Um, it definitely worked. Um, I think that, that yes, this definitely tells the story that sheep that when he puts the sheep mask on, he becomes a different person, but it also showed that, 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 Justin Dream himself can go through a lot before he has to do that. Um, at the end of the day, uh, this was a, a, another dominant performance by Justin Dream. He uh, got the victory here and continued on um, with his momentum. The sky is the limit for Justin Dream. He definitely 
has the ability, the look. He can move in a ring, and he's a great performer. And Lewis Linden is no slouch either. These guys together had a great match, and I would love to see more of Lewis Linden in CPW as well as, obviously, I always want to see more of Sheep, of Sheepy, of, of Justin Dream. So, um, no, this, this overall was definitely a great match. Yeah. It was good. I enjoyed it. Like I said, it's good main event, good match, told a good story. Yeah, we're this really was... working hard to get Justin Dream over as a as a believable um, character. Yeah, and it's definitely working. Um, the crowd yeah. loves him. The crowd loves him. Um, yep. And and you know me personally, uh, from from the wrestling bites area, uh, I I got to spend a lot of time that particular Saturday for the TV tapings for CPW with Justin Dream. And um, I got to know him a little bit more of a person. And, and, and I'll tell you, like, I already respected the crap out of him for the gimmick and what he does. When I got to talk to him as a person, that respect only went way higher and higher. Um, he's a really, really cool person. And he's a really good guy. Um, finding good people sometimes is few and far between in the business that we have. There's a lot of good people out there, but there's also some that you're obviously not going to get along with. Everybody has different personalities and, and different things going on in their personal life, opposed to wrestling. And we don't always, we don't always see eye to eye, but uh, you know, a, a guy like that, um, I, I see him going a long ways in the wrestling business as long as he keeps grinding and doing what he's doing. Um, big guys with agility as it's been proven Brody Lee, um, was one of those more agile, bigger guys. And the sky was always the limit for him. So I, I like seeing the big agile guys. They make me happy. Mm-hmm. Me being, me being one of them over, over a lot of my career, it makes me happy to see. Yeah. I'm not as, I'm not as agile as I used to be though. But uh, I don't have anything else parting for CPW. So no, that, that was Capital Pro Wrestling. I want to take just a second and give a shout out to our newest sponsor, Lawn Doctor of Grand Rapids. If you live in the West Michigan area and are looking for a premier lawn care service, look no further than Lawn Doctor of Grand Rapids at 616-281-7109 or on Facebook at facebook.com slash lawndoctorgr. Whether it's a basic lawn care program to keep the weeds out of your yard or something a little bit more advanced like a aeration or power seeding to bring in those bare spots with nice thick lawn. Give Lawn Doctor of Grand Rapids a call at 616-281-7109. And it's just not lawns that they service. If you have a mosquito problem, they have a yard armor program to keep the mosquitoes at bay so when you are out enjoying that fire the mosquitoes stay away do you have a problem with pests getting into your home they have a perimeter pest program to ensure that those critters stay outside while you are inside that's lawn doctor of grand rapids at 616-281-7109 or on facebook.com slash lawn doctor gr with Lawn Doctor of Grand Rapids, you take care of the mowing and they will take care of the rest. All right, Chris. Uh, I don't know if you got anything else you want to add to tonight's show, but uh, I think I've said all I need to say. 
Nope, I don't have anything else. I just want to pre—I just want to thank everybody for listening and staying with us. Uh, I appreciate every one of you. I apologize we weren't able to connect with DBA this week for our interview. Uh, hopefully, we'll get that rescheduled soon so we can talk awesome XICW stuff. But it's always great to talk wrestling with you and listen to your unfeathered opinions <laughs> yeah at times it's probably good <laughs> yeah 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 so you know like i said uh i digress that uh, upcoming shows i'm sure uh i appreciate everything you do there every week for giving us all of the latest and greatest info for all of us local michigan fans i wanted to thank you for all the work you do on that chris as well as uh you can catch me this weekend i'm not 100 percent sure on where i'm gonna land saturday but i'll be somewhere on saturday whether it's in Lansing or if I end up somewhere else, I don't know. That's still in the air. But you can definitely catch me on the 21st at BCWA. That was confirmed today. So um, other than that, thewrestlingbites.com, all of your latest, greatest info, events. Uh, you can go over to the swag page, get your pun the site gear, Wrestling Bites gear, and all that. Uh, other than that, thank you to our sponsors, and uh, thank you to Chris Young. Thank you. I appreciate it. And until we see each other again, uh, please keep it between the ropes. And ladies and gentlemen, you ain't got to go home, but you can't stay here. I'm closing this shop down for the night because it is one hot humid mess in here. And I am just sweating like a stuck pig. So with that being said, not any further ado, I thank you all for coming in and listening to us tonight and listening to my crazy rants. As always, have a wonderful night here from Wrestling Bites Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>